This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Ryan Kessler scores? <laughs> you guess that's what we're going to talk about tonight? Yeah, like we were just talking about. When's the last time Ducks fans got to hear, oh yeah, Corey Perry and Ryan Kessler scored third period goals for the win. Un- unbelievable. <laughs> the Ducks take care of the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota with a shutout 4 nothing. Uh, Ryan yeah. Miller getting another win and another shutout to his resume there. I think it was his 44th career shutout. Mm-hmm. Um just fantastic play by him again, proving to be probably one of the most valuable backups in the in the NHL. Yeah, in my opinion, he could probably be a starter in uh, another team somewhere if he chose to do it that way. But uh, he, uh, they, they were saying that he wants to play more and uh, he wants to show that even though he, you know, is uh, two months off, he's still capable of playing and still wants to play. So uh, he's making a great case right now. So we've got a bit of a problem before we get into this into this game, Jason, because Uh-oh. the Ducks are winning, and I don't know how <laughs> I feel about that. This is a problem for you. I'm not as excited as <laughs> you are, but <laughs> continue. Uh-huh. No, we could break into that a little more at the end, because I know we got questions coming in, but I wanted just to get that in your mind, like, yeah. uh, we're winning, so we were all prepared not to, <laughs> and yet here we are. Um, yeah. Granted, it's, it's not against the upper echelon of the league, and we have uh, many ways to go before we start talking about any sort of turnaround that we could be experiencing with Anaheim, but it's as much as I love the tank, it's uh, it's always fun to watch my team win. It was enjoyable to watch this game again tonight. So yes. kudos to the boys for making me happy. <laughs> yeah, for for me, I'm sorry. As much as you know, it'd be great to get a nice draft pick. It's also nice to sit at home and and watch the Ducks actually play well and beat teams and beat them fairly soundly and and playing as well as they are. So uh, I'm not as disappointed. I'm happy to watch it. Games are fun to watch again. It sure beats doing these podcasts where we go, well, we didn't score again. We looked horrible again. We got outshot uh, <laughs> horribly again. Uh, so it's it's nice to be on the other side, If if at least for these few games. I, I hope longer. But well, yeah, change. you always hope your team <laughs> wins. I get it. I get it. But – no, but you don't like it. You, it's not that I, we'll talk about it later. Let's let's get <laughs> get into this game here. Um, the Ducks coming into tonight. Ryan Miller again in net. Daniel Sprong curiously scratched for the second straight game. 
So he didn't play much, if any, of the third period, to my recollection, against Boston. Gets scratched last game, gets scratched this game. Kind of smells like a Pontus Aberg situation uh, stirring up again in Anaheim, right? A mm-hmm. uh, guy who's uh. speedy, shoot the puck, somehow is now not playing on this team. I Granted, there's other players that are coming in and filling in the role, and, and you know, Troy Terry and Max Jones are certainly making that more and more difficult for Sprong to make the lineup. But uh, just interesting another scratch. Do you have any, any ideas in your head as to why maybe that's going on? <laughs> I would say look at the way the team's playing. Uh, I mean, they they lost three nothing against Boston, and then after that, um, Washington was a great game from them. Uh, this game was also another great game from them against a, a desperate Minnesota team that needs a win. I mean, they're they're falling out of the playoff picture altogether, still holding on that last wild card spot at this point. But you know, uh, going into this game, they were they were down, you know, uh, with only one win in the last like nine games or something like that. So I mean, this is a team that was desperate for for wins, and if the Ducks are playing this well against a desperate team, you know, a good Washington team, why mess with it? Why tinker around? You've only given up two goals and you've scored nine uh, at this point. Just you know, ride it out until you're not playing well, and someone can maybe go down and he can come back in, but. Uh, I'm, I'm not messing with it. I don't care how well Sprong was doing under Carlisle. Right now, uh, this team's doing what I, I would want a team to do. We're seeing a Ducks team that's not only scoring, but being on the, the winning side of the shot share, of uh, the scoring chances, of the high-danger scoring chances. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been quite the, the, the small sample size of a turnaround, but very impressive under Bob Murray how things have slowly shifted. You and I talked about it on Sunday, how it slowly progressed. It's gone... The Canucks game was kind of eh, got a little better against Boston, but got the loss, had a really good game against the Capitals, and then had another, I mean, this is a really good game, I'd feel like, too, on the road against the Minnesota Wild. Even though they're struggling a bit, I still feel like (laughs) Minnesota could have came and brought it to Anaheim for sure. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, Minnesota definitely had their chances today. Uh, it seemed like uh, there was one one shift, I think, in the first or second or something like that, where they had a hemmed in, you know, pretty well. But it, it, it was never full-on panic mode, it seemed like. And then other than that, they had them hemmed in for a very long time while they were killing a penalty and on a delayed penalty. That one was like full two minutes where they just kind of kept getting that uh, the uh, loose pucks. So there were moments where Minnesota, and at the end, they outshot the Ducks. But it seemed like the Ducks never really bent. They kind of made them stay to the outside. And you can credit that to a new style of defense, a new commitment from the forwards, uh, and also how great Ryan Miller's played the last two games as well. So, I mean, it's overall, in, in pretty much every aspect, they've gotten better every single game. And, um, you know, this is what I expected at the start of the season, what I thought the Ducks could do. And so it's uh, another thing of, oh, what, is it really coaching? I'm sorry, but this team is playing a completely different style in a lot of ways that will break down, and they're benefiting from it. They're just They look great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who had a whale of the game tonight on D? Hampus Lindholm, and who was paired with Josh Manson. Josh Manson. We're just seeing better yeah. games from them as of late. So keep it up, Bob Murray. You just kind of went back to what was working. Go figure. Um, yeah. So the lineup tonight, you got Raquel Getzloff, Perry, Jones, Henrique, and Terry, Shore, Grant, and Silverberg. Silverberg also had a dominant game tonight, I feel like, on both sides of the puck. Mm-hmm. Obviously, factored into a goal. But, I mean, I think he plays well in all situations, really upping that trade value coming up here in less than a week. <laughs> yeah. 
You're and hoping. then Richie, Kessler, and Rowney, who I also felt like they didn't have such a bad game. I thought they played pretty well, too. Kessler had a stronger game than normal, which was great for him, winning key face-offs and then obviously potting a goal for his first in 39 freaking games. So uh, pat on the but, back to yeah. Kessboss there, bearing one there on Dubnik. But, yeah. uh, I mean, shoot, man. We don't have a lot of negative things to say tonight. <laughs> Isn't it great? I'm sorry. You may be, you may be searching for that now, but, uh, no, it's – it's been great. Yeah, every line, in my opinion, uh, at different times have looked good. But overall, there's there's never any glaring problems. Uh, but they're the whole team structure and how they play from, you know, if they dump it in, how they chase it, uh, to how the defense supports the offense, how the forwards then support the defense, you know, on on-man rushes. I mean, it's all over the place. They, they begin better, and every line's doing it. And, they're, you know, even uh, Uncle Rico and the kids – uh, going out there they look great you know Henrique finally looks you know uh, like a threat again his last two games so I'm happy with absolutely everyone's play and what an unfortunate start to the first period though for the linesman huh that was like the opening highlight of the first <laughs> period is the linesman just now getting knows how we've been feeling as, as Ducks fans for the better part of a season my favorite part is like <laughs> when he get he get hit, he gets hit right in the junk in the yeah. beginning of the first period and drops. And then you see the replay, and it's tough to see what Hayward's like. I wonder if it hit him in the top of the foot. And then they show the yeah. replay to go slow-mo. And then Allers yeah. is like, I think that's what you call a middle body injury. Injury, yeah. He <laughs> uh, was down for, for a nice little uh, minute there and uh, never really came back. Uh, it was shot hard. Uh, I don't know because you can't really see if it actually hits him in the jaw. I mean, or it, hit it was close right. enough I mean, to, to do some damage yeah. in a soft area is all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, like a grenade. You just have to kind of get close, I guess. That's just that was I, was, I just cringed, and it felt like that it hit him there too. The way he got up, and he was like so ginger getting up and trying yeah. to get back. Poor guy. So yeah, that kind of threw things off, I'm sure, because then all of a sudden a referee had to become had to become a linesman. So that mm-hmm. made the game a little interesting as we went down the stretch. There, I saw some interesting calls, but they yeah. evened out in the end. But yeah. uh, it's it's what is this part of what you wanted to say about Bob Murray's? implementation of a new style I, I the broadcast keeps talking about it and they did in the first period and they did in the second period and they did it in the third period but i have it in my notes here for the first the zone defense mm-hmm. like how the ducks collapse in on top of their goaltender and play more of a zone rather than man on man and that way it's it's harder to beat a player if you have more of this this zone that they're just covering they're not seriously taking a number and and, and chasing which mm-hmm. which we saw the chase constantly under randy carlisle and get beat you, you yeah. kind of think that's more of the, the, the attribution here to better defense? Yeah, it, uh, there's two things I've noticed. Yeah, the zone, I think, works better for what they're doing. Keep those shots to the outside. You have good goalies um, in Gibson and Miller. Uh, what those good goalies can't do is they can't stop guys who are wide open right in the middle. Uh, and they've got to come from down low to the middle or side to side or guys open on the side. Everyone gets a little lost on where the puck is and where their guy might be. So you end up maybe losing some of those people, and that's really kind of come back to haunt them. So this now, everyone's kind of in a zone area, and it's, you know, that means the other team can switch guys in and out, and no one's going, oh, should I should I stop following them now, or should I keep following them? And then everything is lost. Everyone knows where they should be. Second thing they do, they lead with their sticks all over the place. They are getting their sticks on so many more cross passes, passes that are going to backdoor players. Before that, they, it was always two hands on the stick. I just never saw them leading, trying to get those sticks in there. So they've changed up how they defend within 
them actually changing from more from, you know, kind of a, a staggered man to man to a full zone type of defense. And it's it's paid dividends. I mean, they're, they're getting in the way more. So <laughs> let that happen. Yeah, I noticed that, too. A lot of them are, are, are moving in stick first and able to, you know, to intercept passes and, and block those chances that were honestly just available prior so. And it ru- and it rushes the the puck carrier too. They they now have to make a quicker decision. If if you're slowly approaching the guy because you kind of want to try and block him or you want to angle him to a side, you're still giving him time to make those passes. And that's why two on ones they were getting beat on. Their sticks just really weren't active. And so it wasn't something I noticed, um, you know, through most of the season until I started seeing how they're playing defense now. And now it's a lot more noticeable. You, you know, a guy's on the boards, but if you're going to him, why not have that stick? That You just close the gap by four more feet if you can do that. That guy now has to try and figure out what he's going to do with it, if he's going to try and make a pass, who he might pass to, if he's going to try and hold on to it. They just have to think about what they're doing with the puck. So uh, it's been a nice change and a good change that should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that that would have happened at some point during the 50-game mess that uh, Randy mm-hmm. Carlisle was implemented onto the team. But I mean, that was the major- I mean, the majority of the first period was it was just a little back and forth, not much in the way of of dangerous chances. There was a there was a moment there where Miller went swimming though, thinking he had the puck between his pads and was yeah. kind of looking around, like scrambling, looking around. I didn't know if he was hurt at first because the way he was laying almost on his back on the ice, and then he gets yeah. up and then Zucker hits the outside of the post. But that was probably the biggest quality chance from Minnesota there. Yeah, Minnesota. I mean, and Zucker could have shot that. A little bit earlier i mean that that was bouncing around it took miller a lot longer than it should have for him to get back up and get in a position so he was down and out for for what you know should have been an eternity for a goal scorer and i saw zucker get him i'll do when zucker actually got it miller still hadn't really regained his stance or gotten all the way back into position and zucker had an empty net to shoot at but he held on to it just a little bit longer and that caused enough people to kind of get in the way he ends up not getting a clean look at it and ends up shooting it uh, wide or gets uh, blocked or something like that uh, but uh, it was something that should have probably been a goal but this is a team that like i said is struggling a to score goals and b to um just get wins and so you know you grip yeah cliche you grip that stick a little tighter you try and aim it a little bit better and uh, ultimately you end up passing up on the really good opportunities you just shot but yeah yeah, miller (laughs) force field up (laughs) yeah thank god too right i mean he's he's had that about him here the past couple of his past couple of games for sure the only real chance the ducks got was delzato creating that in front of the net and then terry i guess just barely missing on the rebound chance jones and terry again noticeable I mean, we've said it every night they've played. Very noticeable again tonight. Yeah, and uh, it's it's one of those things where um, they provide so much more of that speed. The team speed is is gotten better um, because I think everyone is bought into what Terry and Jones were doing when they came over, but no one else seemed to be doing. And that was if if you have to get it in deep, you go back and you get that puck, or you at least put pressure on there. Now the team's starting to do that. The whole team looks quicker. But Troy and Terry just still look even faster than that. And they had another good game where they finally are, um, you know, they're they're in there. They don't look out of place. They look like a cohesive line. Like, what do you mean? Um, you you put the you put pressure on the puck carrier and you create turnovers? Oh, oh my yeah, God. What? Yeah, all <laughs> you, of a sudden. A puck yeah, retrieval system? Never that. The, oh, what are you ducks, talking about? The ducks, would, <laughs> the ducks are like, I don't know if it was just the, the mantra that, that this is what you had to do. I mean, Carlisle's a hard-nosed guy. If you don't play his way, you're going to see your minutes reduced and you're going to hear from it. it. You know, it's just it's not a fun experience. But it seems like now – 
when they dump it in, it's no longer dump it in and then everyone go get a chain. Even if you're dog tired, and I saw this with Terry, he ended up dumping it in. He he'd been out there. The rest of his line mates were, were changing. He dumped it in, took a breath, and then chased it down. Almost beat the guy to the puck, and he was at the end of his shift. But he did that, and that gave the rest of the new line uh, to come out and actually keep the puck and the pressure on. He was able to change behind the play and then bring out the next guy. So it's just it's little changes that have, have been happening, but. Terry and Jones seem to have been playing that in San Diego, and they've always done it since Terry's been recalled back up, and uh, the whole team seems to be doing it now. It's fantastic to watch. It's pressure. It's causing turnovers. Go figure. I mean, you're right. You're totally right. It's such it's such a simple hockey tactic. You know, you chase after the puck. If you're going to dump the puck, you need to retrieve it. That's that's just the name of the game. You don't, if you dump it in and you don't get it, it's an automatic turnover. So how many turnovers do you want to have tonight? And it yeah. just it just makes all the makes... sense of the world. Yeah, and that makes them, you know, look faster. I mean, they uh, the the team didn't all of a sudden become faster skaters. They may care a little bit more. They may be trying, but I think now that they they've been given the green light is, hey, no matter what time of the game, we are going to have three, four checkers. I don't care if they're waiting behind the net and they're looking for their you know, breakout. You guys need to have three forwards in there. If the puck is whipped out, I want a defenseman trying to pinch in and a forward coming back to support. Just keep the puck in as long as you can. You know, and hound it, chase it down. That's all I ask. Uh, it seems like that's all they're asking for. And they seem quicker. Their on pucks are causing turnovers in the offensive zone. And now they're getting multiple chances. They stick around for rebounds. I mean, none of this stuff was happening before. So it's it's been very, very nice to see. So the Ducks get outshot in the first period, eight to six, but it's a zero zero yeah, game. Yeah, well, I mean, after I'm saying all of that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> what I was going to get to on that is it wasn't really much of a dangerous period, but it was the only period they would actually be on the on the uh, on the on the bad side of a, of scoring chances or on the bad side of of um, the shots. I just feel like, or the bad side of the scoring chances. I don't really care about shots at this point, just because. When you're, when you're looking at the volume, it's great. But we said this about the Ducks. You can have all the volume in the world, but if they're all perimeter chances, what, who cares if you have 42 shots on net? So yeah. the Ducks, that would be the only time that they um, just would be on the wrong side of the chances, and that was great. And the second period is one of the best periods for Anaheim analytically, and that's where they get the oh, goal. I mean, that's so which is weird insane. It's insane to me. <laughs> I'm looking at the chances here. They carried the share of chances, both in high-danger chances and in just regular shoot uh, scoring chances. Um, it's just another another fact of Anaheim is putting all the pressure on the other team. And, you know, it starts off that way, too. Rowney and Richie created the flexion play in front, hits the post on Dubnik the beginning of the second period. And then, you know what? The Ducks would actually score, and it would be <laughs> Jacob Silverberg crashing yeah. the front of the net off a of play, uh, cashing in on Shore. Shore storms the front, gets in tight, puts a back hit on, in on Dubnik from the slot. And it was just a mad scramble in front. And I think when Silverberg scored, I want to say Suter's hand didn't leave Silverberg's face until yeah. <laughs> like he like totally face washed him off and is yeah. celebrating. But nice to see Silverberg get his fourth and fourth games there. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, there was a little bit of question with some sort of goal interference. Max Jones oh, was making please. a test of himself, and he was that close to him being the one that knocked that one in. Um, almost got his first goal. But he gets the nice assist. To- he gets the assist, his first NHL point, uh, and well-deserved. I mean, that guy has been getting chances like crazy. At some point, they're going to start going in. So, um, you know, he's just doing what he's supposed to, and uh, that's creating havoc on the power play unit. I mean, he's getting power play time out there, again, uh, usually with uh, Terry. 
But, uh, yeah, sure shot ends up hitting the post. Dubnik does his swimming impression. He, he's not quite sure where it is. It's sitting, you know, in, you know, around him. Soberg's able to just poke it in and team leading 15th? 15th goal of the season or something like that or 16th? I'm not quite sure. I think it's sure just 16th exactly. of the season. 16th? Yeah. So, uh, and uh, the hot hand for him, that's uh, three goals in the last two games. He's got four in the last – four games something yeah, like he's, that he's so. absolutely killing it right now and yeah, like i said it just keeps ticking that trade value up <laughs> you're hoping but i don't know uh the real test comes later on but oh well, when, as, when yeah, management yeah, decides yeah, to make that, it an opportunity not be. happen <laughs> i mean it, it'd be it would be the most bob murray most anaheim thing ever to re-sign a guy for big money at, at in his late 20s it makes all the sense of the world for them just to re-sign him according to their history yeah <laughs> yeah like i said I, i'd be happier if uh, maybe they resign them but the the money's on the lower end um or the terms on the lower end i don't know so, something like that but uh you know the 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 play the gameplay has changed for the ducks and it's serving silverberg and you know now perry well i mean so it's 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 not un, you know unheard of to say that maybe this strategy and gameplay can actually get him up to where we were kind of hoping he'd be over the last three years and just never really hit it. I you mean, know, he was he was he was tied with a lot of uh, the defensive responsibilities, being on the shutdown line and playing. But he seems kind of free of that responsibility for the most part. It seems like every line is good defensively and offensively now. Now he's a little bit more free to try those offensive things. And, you know, I, I'm wondering if that can really kind of let him get those opportunities and really start racking up those goals. I mean, obviously, he's not going to go Ovechkin status, but, I mean, he could start creeping up to those 30 goals, uh, you know, that wow, we've been, that's, we've that's been waiting. That's a big gamble with for. money. He's at 16 goals now. I think if this was the implementation the whole time, I don't see why he couldn't really be closer to 30 at this point. And now you got a 30 goal scorer on your hands. I mean, that's a guy you probably want to pay and keep. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a stretch. I think it's a stretch. I think it's a stretch. (laughs) So the only other massive play from the second period that we could get behind here is uh, my boy Hampus Lindholm with the excellent recovery save. Uh, oh, on a Zucker wraparound, because my God, that guy was flying. He walked by Megna, got Miller down and out. And yeah. Hampus, instead of going around and going for a hit or circling wide and blocking a pass, goes right to the post, stick on the post. Well, that's a hell of a heads-up play by Lindholm there. It's a very smart play. And one that will probably earn him a dinner from uh, Ryan Miller, because he just <laughs> saved, saved the shot out right there in a game that was one nothing. Um, you know, Minnesota, you know, never really looked out of the game. Um, but uh, taking what was going to be a sure goal away, that was an extremely smart play. I I can't say for certain, but I got to think in the old style of play, it might have been desperation. I need to go get that guy, and you maybe not as relaxed going to the you know to the other post. But he he came in close close enough to push him to the outside, but then he stayed home, which is great. And that's kind of what you want your defenseman to do if you're a goalie hey you know push him the outside don't give him a clear run across the front or switching from one side to the other but stay on your side but it was a heads up for him to go straight to the post put that stick there before the puck even got to that point i mean he's just like it's not going to go through here and uh, and it was it was great and a really smart play and shows what a heads up defenseman uh he is yeah because those those plays were happening to them and they, and they were not making those decisions and those passes were coming right into the crease 
banking off somebody and going in, or that would have normally scored. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> poor John Gibson's probably sitting at home going, what the Damn hell? it, where is this? <laughs> <laughs> where has this been? You guys uh, ruined my Vesna opportunity, uh, and now that I'm injured. Man. Now that I'm injured, yeah. you guys decide to fire Randy and play better Jeez. hockey. That's that's what I, I, I <laughs> don't Gibby. doubt. That's, I mean, I'm sure he's, you know, going to say, yay, you know, we're playing well. That's all I really care about. But, oh, man, I, I'd be a little more than uh, pissed off <laughs> at that point. And that was what I was doing for the team. And now they're just playing out of their mind. But, well, like I said, we'll, we'll see how it kind of goes uh, moving forward against different teams. Yeah, so we get to the third period here. We can kind of get through the rest of this pretty quickly, but we have some old-timers putting up some goals here today. So we got to talk about these guys. Corey Perry gets his second goal in two (laughs) games. Uh, Getzloff wins the faceoff, the neutral zone against Stahl, muscles it, gets it to Perry. Perry gives it right back. For some reason, Stahl can't skate with Ryan Getzloff, so it becomes an odd man rush coming in. <laughs> Getzloff put his head down and skate. He does. So he did. Against, he does. He against him and how quick he, he can actually skate. But when when he is let loose, he can go. The juice was loose. <laughs> <laughs> and he was going up against Suter nonetheless. And it makes us a nice play on Suter. Puts it between the stick and the body. Gets yeah. it onto Perry. Stick and Perry catches it. Dubnik at just a, an odd that, time, I guess. Dubnik's a big no. goalie. And he's playing it, a little a little deep. He was up against the post almost yeah. on this shot when he should have been out and challenging. It's kind of a flub by Duber there, and all of a sudden Perry gets his second of the year. I, I think it's a flub a little bit by Perry as well. Um, this one, you he know, didn't get he, a lot yeah, on it. That's for sure. He didn't. No, no, he he absolutely flubbed it because it, it like he has it, and then it just flubs like where his stick goes and where the puck should have gone. It went just slightly to the right, which ends up hitting the post and going Stop in. Stop goalie praising. Dubnik no, should have been no, off no, his no. post. D- D- <laughs> Here's the thing. is uh, The the other part that everyone seemed to kind of miss on that one is Raquel was storming in with them, and he was on the other side. So what a goalie is going to do is, yeah, they're going to back up. They're not going to try and get beat, so they'll be playing deeper. I told you this uh, on the uh, Pucks of a Feather thing. That's what goalies kind of start to do now is – so many backdoor plays are happening that they now goalies play much deeper in the net uh, to be able to get across. And that's what he kind of started to do. And then it was a flub shot that hit the post and went in. He probably should have played that, but I think he was thinking, I got to get deeper and I got to go over there. But if Perry shoots exactly where he wanted to, I think Dubnik actually makes the save. I think it was a lot of things went right for that one, but not to take any credit away. That's two goals for Corey Perry in two games. Uh, but that's probably why it went in uh, when you're talking about how good Dubnik is. But he kind of seemed off after that goal for sure. Yeah, good on Perry, though, getting that shot away quickly. I'm going to give the any of the praise to the shooter. The goalies can just go to hell, in my opinion. You know how much I don't like yeah. them. <laughs> it, was, it was good. The fact they did it quick probably surprised Dubnik as well. So, like I said, not to take away from Perry, it's off the post and in. But uh, Dubnik, more often than not, will have that. So he, he kind of missed it on this that is one. This is the second post-game show in a row where you've been chirped at for making goalie comments in our chat daisy and chat <laughs> daisy in our chat says we all know jason would have made the save <laughs> no no actually you kidding me i, I would I'm, I'm more aggressive i would have been i would have been you know in my beer league way out there and uh you know anyone could have just passed it to somebody else and i would have been way out of position <laughs> so i'm just trying to give you an idea we go from one old guy at. to another ryan <laughs> me effing kessler no. <laughs> gets a goal tonight uh on i mean was probably a really good a, probably a really good play shot right i thought it was a decent shot coming in off the rush a little three on two rush there and on uh, dubnik mm-hmm. dubnik even came out and challenged and it was the old 
above the pad, below the glove, and far side and in. Just all of a sudden, Kessler gets on the score sheet. I mean, I he looked shocked as hell that he scored. No, <laughs> <laughs> he looked relieved as hell. Too. He was like, yeah, I, was I did like, it. Yes, I did, I did it. it. Yes, just showered me with praise. Thirty nine games. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. And uh, after he scores and everyone goes to huddle, it was funny. You could see Montour just like kind of chirping, like, you, you score? Yeah. When was the last <laughs> time you sure? scored? Do you remember when you scored? <laughs> I was trying to remember how old I was when you scored. I, I don't know. It was just, it was really funny. Uh, a good moment. And uh, once that third one went in, dagger. And uh, yeah, Dubnik, you know, hopefully should have had that one. But that was a, a good shot, a good play by the Ducks. And, you know, he put his, put his head down and fired it in on him. So it was a good shot. I agree, man. The Ducks with two goals on six shots in that third period at that point. Talk about making mm-hmm. do with the chances you're given. Uh, and prime opportunities. So they were yeah. when they were getting in on Dubnik, those are good shots. And it's nice to see those guys get on the board for sure. I mean, as yeah. much as I've talked about <laughs> Ryan Kessler probably not being able to skate with the Ducks anymore, yeah. I'm starting to I'm starting to think it was a Carlisle problem all along oh. for the whole team. They wanted to get him fired. I think they were just kind of like, how long do we have to bury this guy to fire him, right? I mean, maybe I, not. Maybe not. Let's get I to just, it just can't a see players and competitors wanting to play bad just to get rid of the coach because that doesn't help your stock. And who's who the hell's happy doing that? Even if it takes, uh, I know, it takes two and, and nobody would ever admit it, and no beat writers ever going to ask it, which I don't blame. Well, I that, don't that think a single just person would ever try and do sure. that as a player, as an athlete, a professional. You don't go to the rink to lose. And lose I mean, that bad. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> the Sabres did. I think they just followed the plan to a team. <laughs> the Sabres is what I think. <laughs> and the Ducks would wrap it up with my boy Lindy hitting the empty netter off a neutral zone faceoff. They, they gave him all day and made no attempt to block his shot. And he was able to sink that in from like 175 feet away. So yeah, that, but, that cleaned up the game for nothing. Yeah, the beauty of that one is that Minnesota, A, had pulled their goalie, you know, the plays prior, and then called a timeout to dissect how they should win and what to do. They immediately lose the faceoff, don't do anything to pressure him, and he just shoots it all the way down and scores. Now, if I were goalie in the NHL, I would have never gone to the bench. I would have just played in the net, and I would have stopped it because I'm that good. I mean, easily. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, you. I mean, you might have done what Flurry got in trouble for putting a little snow mountain in front of the net before you go to the <laughs> I bench. I have done that before. Oh, I do that all the time. Uh, it's, it's a little trick because uh, most of the time they don't care barely. So I do that all the time. <laughs> I do it when I'm still playing. I just line it up because it goes there, and I'm usually aggressive. So I just put it on the line. Who knows? Just, that just one keep that piling just the snow up. In. Oh yeah, just put it right across the red line. <laughs> So the Ducks clean up with their 4-0 win against the Minnesota Wild, giving the Minnesota their fifth straight loss. How does it feel to lose? Um, there you go, boys. The they Ducks have a winning streak. Two games against the Ducks. So weird. 3-0 a 4-0. And the road team is the one that's winning these games is what I heard on the yeah. broadcast. So interesting note. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Miller with his second straight win, as we said earlier, stopping 54 of 56 shots since coming back from injury. Um, that's above a 96 save percentage. He's killing it right now. So let's hope that continues as long as Gibby is getting rested. That's all that matters at this point for the Ducks. But uh, let's let's hop into our post game real quick. And we got an issue here that um, kind of slid under the radar today um, because he hasn't really been playing, and then he's also had a long he had like a long term conditioning oh. stint with the goals, mm-hmm. yeah. and the trade deadline's coming up really quickly here, and all of a sudden Patrick Eves gets put on waivers. Yeah. What, what's your initial thought when you saw that today? Um, more than likely, he is 
done with the Ducks, I think, at this point. Um, you know, he, he played well, uh, but then through, you know, his multiple injuries, I think this is a move. This is my opinion. I don't have any insight of what exactly Bob Murray's thinking, but I think this is more of a, hey, at this point, I don't really think we're going to utilize you at this point, you know, or we're going to just shelve you for the rest of the season. I'll put you through waivers, see if anyone's willing to bite and try and grab you. But uh, with, I mean, that's a, a far-fetched idea that would work just because he's played so little over the last two seasons. Who's really going to try and take a chance that, A, he's healthy right now because he hasn't played in, you know, however many weeks at this point. So um, it's either to, to send him down there for another kind of conditioning thing, and if someone grabs him, it kind of takes the the salary off the Ducks' hands, so to speak. So it's, um, you know, at this point, yeah, I feel he'd probably have to go down there just to kind of get reacclimated with playing and trying to jump back up. So I mean, the poor guy's had such a rough go. I, know, I mean, I know. it's been one thing after another, after another, after another with him. It's not like with Ryan Kessler, where Kessler was having such a bad – you know, issue with his hip that he had to take almost a whole season off and come back and then fight through it and keep coming back. Like, Ease recovers from this strange illness that they don't even know what the hell it is. He's in, yeah. he's hospitalized in and out for almost a year, comes back out, has a shoulder injury, misses time, has back spasms, misses time. I think he had, an, I don't know, he had, a, I think he had another issue with his knee or something like that at some point. I could be wrong. But I think I he like he's, he's had like oh, maybe a rib. He's had every injury probably uh, <laughs> on the books this these past yeah. two years. That poor guy signed that contract with the Ducks. Break. We were all excited because there was some chemistry between he and Getzloff. And it just, uh, I don't know, just hasn't worked out for him. So the options here, the trade deadline looming, I don't think he's getting traded. I don't think he's going to get bought out. I think he's just going to get buried in the minors and maybe get the opportunity to retire up here or do long-term injury reserve and kind of just stuff that salary off the books but keep paying him because that's tough. He's got to get healthy for his family. The guy's got young kids, and you can't be coming back into the league and getting hurt again and maybe something, you know, you just don't want something bad to happen to the guy because he's such a great guy, and it's just unfortunate as to what's going on with his health. Yeah, exactly. You'd hope he could, you know, you know, get healthy and stay healthy and, you know, try and see. But, you know, with, with Perry coming back and Getzloff and Raquel still playing really well, it's, you know, who, who you can kind of push out, especially if you are trying to get younger and faster. He doesn't really work into those plans very much anymore. So it might be someone that's, you know, you know, let him play the rest of the season of minors, be a, a veteran voice on, you know, on a team that's probably really, really young on the goals. So, there's you know it's it's tough it depends the conversation bob murray and uh, uh eves has had on you know what he hopes his direction for the rest of his career if it's to end after this retire after this season or or not you know it's kind of is is what it is so yeah, it's unfortunate though for sure yeah it's just it's kind of where it's got to go though right now for him he's got to go down somewhere and play if he's healthy um yeah. you don't want to keep scratching the guy give him some time to go down and and maybe maybe instill something on the kids down there, right? Be the veteran guy yeah. back down with the goals. I'm sure it's not where he wants to be. In fact, I, I can almost say 100%. I'm sure it's not yeah. where he wants to be. But the Ducks are having that injection of youth, and it's brought some fun back to this team. And it's yeah. kind of hard to scratch those guys and send them back down to the goals just yet. I, I still think they'll go when it's time yeah. for playoffs because the goals will have a chance. But uh, yeah. just it's just a bummer for each there. Um, yep. we got to talk about Corey Perry, man. Got to talk about Corey Perry. Love to. Usually, that's a bad thing. But. Uh, yeah, I know, right? So, how have you how have you felt about his game now? It's been nine games. 
I still feel like I need to wait a couple of weeks before I get my overall assessment of his play, but I mean, do you feel like he's he's coming back around here? I mean, it takes some time to come back from that sort of surgery and all, but uh, how do you feel about Corey Perry? Well, uh, early on, he was kind of, you know, feeling it out, kind of, uh, you know, getting acclimated to a knee that doesn't uh, constantly hurt him. So you can see a little bit of uh, timidness, uh, but that kind of went away pretty quickly. Um, and in my opinion, my my hope was that he didn't come in and he wasn't going to be a um, a detriment or something that was holding a line back or holding the team back in some capacity. I just wanted him to be able to be in there, be able to contribute where he can, pot a goal here and there if he can. Uh, but he's kind of exceeded my expectations a little bit. He's not through the charts. He's not, you know, getting hat tricks and pulling uh, Joe Thornton's, which he got a hat trick <laughs> yesterday. But, uh, but I mean, he's he's come back and um, he looks better than when he left. Um, he's able to get it in front of the net. He's still feisty. He's willing to mix it up a little bit more. The biggest problem I always had with him is that he stopped doing that and he started being more perimeter. He would shoot from the side. He would try to be guys one-on-one. He's never had amazing one-on-one skill. His his handiness comes around the net and, and causing um, chaos a little Winning bit. Winning puck there. battles got, along the wall, too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's got deft hands in tight, but like a one-on-one, oh, I'm going to deke this player. He's never really had that. It's never been his, in his repertoire. So it's been nice to see him get back to what was making him successful. It's taken a while for those goals to get there, but the chances have been there. And I'm more of the mindset that if he's getting the chances, they should start going in. And is he playing the way that he needs to play? And he is. And so, uh, you know, I give him a solid B at this point, especially over the last two games, getting three points, two goals. I mean, it's definitely helping. Um, But his play has been better than I would have expected him coming and missing as much time as he did. Now, with this little bit of a turnaround for Ryan Kessler that Mm -hmm. we've seen under Bob Murray, Mm -hmm. do you feel that... And it's, this is a tough one because we don't know the future here, but if his play continues down this route where he's playing more aggressive, in on the forecheck, making plays, causing havoc again, you saw him get physical again tonight, yeah. um, you get a little bit of snarl back in the game, uh, you know, you, you get the old Kess back even a little bit, do you think that kind of pushes off any sort of idea of him getting bought out this summer if this play continues? Or it, do you still feel like that's the it money does. move to it, do? Yeah, I, I would think it does. Uh, Bob Murray's getting a good look up close and personal of, of what's going on. Uh, the, you know, him having a little bit of snarl is good because we don't have a lot of that. I mean, Megna's a big boy. He, he kind of mixes it up. Richie's there as well. Uh, Manson a little bit. So, I mean, you got two defensemen and really one forward besides maybe Getzloff. But, I mean, you don't want him necessarily getting in there. So having Kessler in there is, you know, something that at least gives you a little bit of that attitude and that size. It's nice to see him have a little bit of that back. Um, and the fact he's a goal scorer now. So, I mean, you definitely need that. But his his, <laughs> his, his fifth goal of the season, ladies and gentlemen. His his face-offs are still really, really important. Um, And, you know, he's he's still very good at that. He's still mid or upper 50s in face-off percentage. So there's something to definitely use from him, and he can still be that agitator. And if he can start netting points in there. But, I mean, he looks like he's keeping up with the rest of the team. And if he's doing that, I don't see a real reason to have to buy him out. Um, especially since it was all about, you know, his hip injury, his hip injury. And it's like, We're still gonna it, it's, it's starting, it's starting to look better needs now. The money. And it's a lot of money. Yes. But, um, I'm willing to throw this season away from most people 
given how the team is now produced since the coaching is gone. I want to see what they do with whoever's the next coach, which in my opinion is probably going to be Dallas Eakins. Um, and if it's very similar to what we're seeing right now, I don't see a real reason to have to lose him because I think he's someone you're going to want come playoff time and someone you're going to want for those face-offs. I mean, it's it's a niche thing that he's got, and he's paid a lot of money to be a niche player at this point. Uh, that contract earlier on, it made more sense, but now it's it, it's still worth it to keep him around at least another season, and then if you're not happy with where he's at, I mean, that buyout. I don't know, man. I think you you're getting you, you get that uh, you get that glean in your eye when as soon as the Ducks start playing well and you get you become Mr. High Host, man. I, 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 have, I have a hard time with that. The time is that the uh, the agitator, the the guy who's, who's gonna you know get in the grill of pretty much everybody else. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's it's nice. He's not he's not getting you know he's being paid way more than what he's able to produce but i also yeah. think he was being held way way back with the way that the team was had to play under carlisle we'll see how it goes so i see what you're saying though if this holds true for the remainder of most of the season where he plays like that let's see how he plays against johnny goudreau on friday in the calgary I, flames that's going to be a tough go that's my biggest thing i've been you know, after the Washington game, I was, you know, I was happy, but, you know, I was like, yeah, Washington didn't look all that good. I don't know if Anaheim is really good. This is the first time we've seen play that way. They played that way again today. But it's a, once again, it's against a Minnesota team that's struggling for wins and, and plummeting out of the playoff picture. They're talking about playing Calgary next on the road in Calgary. And it may not sound like that's a big thing if you go from memory of how Calgary is and what we do to them. But this is the team that is top in the Western Conference. They're ahead of everybody else out there. San Jose is behind them uh, by one point, but uh, even Calgary has a game in hand on them. So, I mean, this is the top team in the West. And if you're going to go on the road, uh, you show me how you can play against this faster team, this team that's got a good young goalie, um, and even Mike Smith <laughs> is putting up wins. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting because Calgary is a very fast team too, and they like to score goals just like the Ducks seem to be doing right now. So that's the big test. I want to see how they do against Calgary. Uh, I don't think they're going to see a shutout, uh, but I want to make sure that they can compete and they don't look out of I place. I mean, you're talking about a Calgary team that has it's the highest goal differential in the Western Conference against the Ducks, who are the worst goal differential <laughs> worst. in the Western Conference. <laughs> they're almost on like exact opposite numbers. <laughs> it's it's absurd how bad the yeah. Ducks' offense has been. So we'll see. Yeah. They're both on two game winning streaks uh, coming into the game coming up. So we'll see mm-hmm. see how that I goes. Think, yeah, and that's I think that's a big turning point for the rest of the season because the the. Uh, uh, they have that on Friday, and then they have Edmonton on Saturday. They have a game then on Monday, but that's also the trade deadline. I think if they look good and they they play well against Calgary, you may not see very many moves at the trade deadline because at this point, if they actually beat Calgary, no, don't say that. They have they to. Calgary, they have to it's make a moves. Possibility that they're within one point. No, of a we're not doing spot. this playoff crap. We're not doing this whole. <laughs> we're going to make the playoffs and then get if embarrassed. They keep playing this way for the rest of the season. Oh, I'm more no. optimistic, but it all starts with how they play against Calgary. The problem is they're doing all of this right at the end of the trade deadline. But if the Ducks are winning, why would? Uh, you know, now in term head coach or supreme overlord want to ruin his awesome head coaching record by taking away some talent if he can actually Supreme oh, excuse me, sir. It's uh, Supreme Overlord E V P G M H C. That's his uh, official title. BM. And then oh yeah, and then BM on the end for his name, yeah. you're right. So let's <laughs> let's hop to uh, the fan questions here. We got one in chat. 
It's from Ooh. Brett. He says, so two games before the deadline, let's say the Ducks go 1-1. One and one. That'll be a 4-2 and two record under Overlord Bob Murray. If that's the case, do you still see the Ducks selling at the deadline? I think Jason just said no. I'm saying they're I, selling. They're, they I mean, ha- they I mean, have to a- sell. It depends because, I mean, if he's trying to sign them, once again, it depends. Uh, these are the things we won't really know because it depends what Silverberg is looking for. It depends where they are in talks. You haven't heard much about it, and that's usually a good thing uh, for the most part. It usually means they're Last they're I heard from Elliot Friedman on his podcast, 31, uh, 31 Thoughts, he said that uh, mm-hmm. that they were far apart. Oh. The signs well, are far apart in money. Theory. That was weeks ago, but they were far uh, apart in money. Yeah. So. So, so I don't know. Winning kind of makes a lot of people happier, as uh, Eddie says. Um, so it uh, it's tough because they're doing so well and they're finally playing the way they can. Like I said, I think Calgary's the the big turning point. If they go out there and they're they're manhandled, they look slower. They they look like they can't compete with that team. Then I think Bob Murray is more inclined to make those trades. Now, if he's offered something that's a really great deal for Silverberg then he probably makes that move. But I'm sure he's going to probably either want someone in return that can possibly be in the lineup or he's ready to get Sprong back in there or something like that. Because I think if Silverberg, who in my opinion is the most likely to get moved, um, it does leave a void and uh, you're trading away your top goal scorer, which kind of signals that you're calling it in. And I don't think he's willing to do that if they're playing well and if they play well against the defending Stanley Cup champions and also the top team in the Western Conference. So money I think puck, that maybe makes it give pause. Moneypuck.com has the Ducks at a 4.8% uh, chance of making the playoffs. I think it's higher than That's that. That's tough. That's a tough it, one, It man. depends if they make trades. Because <laughs> at this point, they're three points out of a playoff spot. It's just... And Minnesota is holding one of those playoff spots and falling quickly. The ones ahead of us are Vancouver, who we beat. Uh, Arizona, who mm-hmm. I think we can beat the way we're playing. Um, and then I'm not sure who else is up in there. Dallas is there. They just lost tonight to Nashville. There's one other team we're chasing. I can't, I can't remember who it is. But, uh, but I mean, all those teams are, you know, within the, you know, they're, they're in the same boat as the Ducks. They haven't been playing well all season. Uh, I think uh, Eric Stevens had a great one. Is a live look at the Western Conference wildcard playoff race it's a whole bunch of baby turtles on the oh sea, i saw that yeah <laughs> on the sand trying to get to the, the ocean quickest but uh that's kind of where it's at so i mean I, I think they're more likely to make the playoffs what they do in the playoffs is a different story but like i said uh everyone tune in for the calgary game because i think that's going to be your telling sign where the ducks are at currently uh i don't know i still think they got to sell i don't care uh, what i don't care what, what they gotta sell if they, I, they have to they have to sell jacob silverberg or that's that's bad money. You're you're giving someone bad money at this point. You're paying a guy again in his late twenties for a contract he probably isn't going to live up to see or deserve. Maybe you get one more good season, one more excellent season out of Jacob Silver before the decline starts to happen. You don't see a twenty five goal guy anymore. It starts to trickle down. Then you're like, wow, I paid that guy six million dollars. Why did I do that? Um, <laughs> I'm the only one who's optimistic about this next season. I just I can't see Silverberg staying in Anaheim and I know that they're saying he's going to as far as Bob Murray if he has his way, which is insanity to me. Uh they got to move a defenseman. I th- I would think they need to move a defenseman to get more assets. It's going to be a tough move if you want to move Henrique. You're going to get some players back there. He's getting paid big money right now too for a long term and I don't feel like he's going to be worth that contract in a couple of years. You could find a second-line center like him around the league. You don't have to worry about 
you know, paying him and keeping him. I like Adam Henrique, but I feel like you could find him on other teams at a lower cost. I just, I feel like they have to make trades. They have to bring in assets to move these guys around because they have so many long-term contracts that are just, just full of money. And so you got to do what you can, in my opinion, to create space. So it, yeah. it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and Bob Murray also is a guy who does think ahead. I mean, he's he's you know he does make the occasional bad signing, um, but uh, at at this point, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they make moves too. And if the team is playing this well, and you can plug in different players and make it still work, because the way they're playing as a team, if all four lines are rolling this well, it, it's not unbelievable to move Silverberg or maybe even Henrique out and be able to bring in somebody else and play those minutes if the whole team is kind of move, moving in the right direction. It doesn't matter on any given night who's in there. The team plays the way they're playing. Then that could also work in uh, you know the favor of the Ducks still making the playoffs, but still being able to trade away some of those bigger contracts or uh, expiring contracts. So Brett and Chad says, would you actually be okay – talking to me retaining one to two million and actually trade him for assets because no gm's going to take on henrique's contract i think somebody would take it i think somebody would definitely take that trade i think somebody who wants a third line center is going to is going to take the trade if they're if it's going to be a short-term push right maybe go and uh, get a guy that you can lock in as your third line c it could be a, a guy too on a team that maybe needs you know that change of scenery you know who's being paid maybe a little bit more than he should. He's a forty-five, fifty-point guy. I, I think someone's going to want that on their team. Yeah, and, and you know you can like I said wash away this season because at the end when when they picked up Henrik in the end of last season, the Ducks were still clicking and it was all kind of working at that point. Um, you know he was doing good. He's doing good now. You know it just seems like the first fifty-five odd games of this season. It was, um, you know, the the style, the gameplay, the coaching, the strategy was not working for anybody on this team, and now it is. And now you can kind of see if they're let to move, they can play. And so they, they could have more value now to other teams. And But I think he'd have to take something back as far as money, whether it retains some salary or they get a player who might be a couple mil. Yeah, I, I don't think he goes, but I think that you you would have to take the look and see if somebody would take him. Uh, that's yeah. just my opinion on him. But let's go to Twitter here now. We've got a few questions there. Um, going to Jan Richter says, will Sprong end up trading, uh, being traded like Aberg? The situation reminds me of Aberg. Oh, we talked about that a little bit. I feel that's it's a similar situation, but I, I think that uh, Sprong's got a little more... Um, He's got a little more to, to give to the team. He's younger, and maybe he just has to take a you know a little learning curve here. But uh, I don't think he's he's going to be traded because he's a young asset. Yeah, the they also it the feels like thing, it. It kind of in the fact that uh, you know he's been been sad a couple of games, but um, at the same time, look at how the rest of the team is playing. They're playing lights out. Auberg was sat, and no one was playing good even after he was sat. They just really didn't like uh, him. I'm assuming it's a little bit of his attitude, uh, too, uh, from what I've, you know, reports out of different teams. And this Auberic had been bounced around, like, four different teams in, like, the last five or six seasons or something like that. It sure seems like you, you, you maybe move on from that player that quickly. That's probably someone who's got a little bit of an attitude problem. And, uh, you know, that's been kind of the rumor about him. 
Uh, so I, I think it's probably a little bit different because uh, Sprong always looks like he's trying. You know, I just don't know if uh, they're unhappy with how he was playing, but I don't really feel that he's going to be moved unless the offer's right. I think uh, he came in, he did well enough, and I think they're, they're expecting a little bit more out of him. I don't know the exact thing, but I feel they're two different things. I think Auberg was more of a off-the-ice uh, clash, and Sprong is maybe more a little bit of what he's been doing on the ice that's, made, that's holding him back. So we have another question from Skid McMarks, uh, still one of my favorite Twitter <laughs> I handles. I love it. <laughs> we, we talked about this pretty much already, but uh, does Kessler avoid being bought out with that goal? I think it's more, like you said, more or less his style of play, if it turns around, is going to save him. But it was kind of funny. I'm sure that comment was tongue-in-cheek because he did only get his fifth goal of the season. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we, we alluded to this. I, I think he's at least bought himself another season for a look. Um, after that, then you look at maybe buy him out. If, if the team's not there, they're in much more of a full, all right, we're really going to get a little bit younger here. So it's um, – yeah, because yeah, I think at this point, the closer we get to the expansion draft, the more likely he's not going to be around uh, at that point because otherwise the Ducks have to – waste um a protection slot for him because he's still on the books after the or when the expansion draft happens so they may look to buy him out yeah that would be a good time for it skid yeah, mcmarks so, with, I, a, yeah. with another question here he says does the team look like it's playing better with the overlord behind the bench new confidence new outlook <laughs> or are they playing battered teams and getting lucky combo i would uh, say no. it's 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 i'd say they're playing better yeah. I'd say they are playing better. We talked about this a lot on the show. The new systems, the zone defense, um, the renewed ability of, of retrieving a puck. <laughs> Not yeah. giving up on a, on a, on a dump and chase. Yeah, um, was, uh, um, yeah amazing how uh, that's, uh, that, uh, that talent, that skill seemed to be just lost to the ages. <laughs> this whole two-thirds of the season. Uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Anything else to add? No, I was just saying, like, <laughs> it, it just feels like that's a lot of what it was, is that it was under the system of Randy Carlisle, and let's be real, man, that guy's not a player's coach. And mm-hmm. these, it, it's hilarious that all the word out of Anaheim was that uh, Ryan Kessler and, and Ryan Getzloff wanted him back. We wanted Randy Begging, Carlisle. That was back. they were begging, and they were they were static that he no, was coming. I can't back. believe it. I mean, I'm just so excited <laughs> to have Randy Carlisle as our coach. We hated so Bruce, uh, yeah. which maybe was the case. I don't know, but I heard that Bruce is a he's a loved a co- player's coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's what Dallas Eakins is, by the way. He's a player's mm-hmm. coach, so that could be what the Ducks are looking to next. I like that better. I mean, some coaches work when when you bark a little bit more. Some players respond to that. I think now that the 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 league is getting so much younger that those types of coaches that's a good uh, point. Don't, don't last nearly as long because when you're young like that, you don't want to be benched for making a mistake. So you play cautious. I think that's a lot of things that was happening with the Ducks is they, they didn't want to make mistakes. So they didn't want to have to go do laps afterwards. They didn't want to do that. So they just followed it. Yeah, too, they, didn't, they didn't want to get Herb Brooks, right? And they're watching Miracle. Yeah, exactly. Again. So, again, you know, they probably play to, to that. But I think the new NHL, you're going to see the, you know, touchy feely, whatever you want. But it's more of a, a player's coach because he'll, he'll teach you, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, you, you did it this way. This is how you should approach it. Or this is how I would like you to do it next time versus, you know, sit down, think about what you did. Well, didn't that happen with Troy Terry? Troy Terry said he was all shook up, uh, up playing in Anaheim, get sent mm-hmm. to the goals. He was so and afraid then to make a mistake. Told by Dallas Eakins 
you can make a mistake. I'm not going to bench you. Yeah. Like you're not, I'm not going to bench you for doing something stupid. Like it, it's and, a learning and, process and, down here. Yeah. And it looks like it's worked across the boards. Cause I feel like they're implementing that. So I don't know if that's, you know, Bob Murray's been watching enough goals game and seeing what is working there and has brought, you know, has been waiting for Carlisle to do something similar over here and he never did. And so he finally is like, listen, let's do what the goals are doing. It's working there. And you know, the offense is there. And then all of a sudden you're seeing guys like Ryan Getzloff is, is making deke moves and shooting. I mean, he's, he's, he's toe dragging. I mean, it's just, it's not stuff that we would ever really see from Getzloff. It felt like everybody was so afraid of, you know, making a mistake, making a turnover and no one was there for support. And now you're seeing that, that creativity, uh, on all lines guys are, you know, holding on to the puck and they're making a little bit smarter passes and guys are going to the net and, you know, crashing and trying to find that puck and you know they're hounding it they want to make a play whereas before it was just hey be smart on defense don't make any mistakes so well enrique on twitter says am i the only one not happy they keep winning you're not alone <laughs> well, yeah, Pat, uh, i have Pat always and... been a huge ducks fan but a top five pick would sure be nice given they won't go anywhere in the playoffs if they made it that's my exact sentiment I, I hate watching games where I have to do a post-game show and the Ducks are getting trashed because that's that's tough when you have to... Especially that streak was... Oh, my God, that was brutal. Oh, that was brutal. But <laughs> I'm glad we're not doing same, that same anymore. Show. I'm glad... I'm, if they start losing again, as long as they keep sprinkling wins in, the rest of the season will be okay. But to get the tank right now and get a top-five draft pick or even a top-eight draft pick is something that should be considered there by Bob Murray, even though no one would ever openly admit they're trying to do it, like the way Buffalo did. But Buffalo got rid of anybody that was worth anything and then played, like, third-string goaltenders to try to get Connor McDavid ended up with Jack Eichel. So, <laughs> <laughs> just you know, go figure. Jack Eichel's good. Oh, he is. He yeah. is. But I don't really think anyone's McDavid. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I'm, like I said, we, we, you said it too. I, I still hold pa- I still hold Pat on the fact that if they tank and they get the pick, it's amazing. If they half-ass the tank and somehow fall into the playoffs and get blown out, I'm just going to be pissed because that's a waste. I'm just going to be mad for four straight games. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen the Ducks play this way in quite a few seasons. So, once again, small sample size, but they seem to be getting better and better. Like I said, I'm, I'm more apt to just wait and see what happens with Calgary because I feel that's that's the test that kind of tells me if this team can at least compete in the new way, if if they're pretty even with them. I mean, I want to see a good win. I don't want to see like, oh, we won it in a shootout and, you know, was, you know uh, for the most part, our goalie bailed us out again and everyone looked horrible. It's just the team's finally playing to their potential that I think was really lacking last playoff and for all of this season until – uh, Carlisle was gone, my opinion. So I will not be upset if they don't tank. They'll still have a first-round draft pick. I'm sure they'll make a trade or something to get another one. And who knows, they might have two first-round picks, which they could trade for a higher-up one. So they don't necessarily get uh, lose, you know, lose out if they sneak into the playoffs. And they could probably surprise teams because everyone's been playing them and beating the crap out of them. And now it's, you know, oh, my God, this is not the same Anaheim team we played. They might be able to surprise people. There's a lot no, of times, there's no it, surprise left in Anaheim. <laughs> a lot of times, the, the wild card teams tend to uh, do a little bit better, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's switch Just over to me. Instagram. You got a couple more here. Um, Hammy me uh, comments to us. 
I have not been able to watch the games lately. What is going on with Nick Ritchie? Lowest ice time uh, on the team. I kind of feel like he's just been bumped down a couple of lines for the kids. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's out there with uh, uh, Kessler, Kessler still and, yeah. and Ronnie. I yeah, he was out there with Kessler and Carter Rowney. Yep. Yeah, so there, that's essentially the the fourth line. It's still good. It's he's he's actually playing well. <laughs> so I may be thinking less minutes, kind of like Corey Perry when he got his first goal. Maybe less minutes is a little bit better for him. Um, he's got an edge to him. He's had some chances. They just haven't quite gone in. He was, I think it was pretty close this game, and I know he had a, a, at least one chance last game that was pretty close. Um, but he's he's a physical presence. He's going to get less time just because all the other lines, um, other lines, you know, either the, the, the Uncle Rico and the kid line, or you have your top line, or you have, um, you know, uh, Silverberg's line out there. Uh, with Grant as you know your uh, dominant center, but one thing Bob Murray said is he wants to roll four lines, but he's going he's not going to shy away from making sure that the players that are doing well and feeling it get a little bit more time. So he is rewarding you if you're playing well and you look like you're having a good game. Uh, Richie's been fine. Um, he hasn't been bad, uh, but you know a lot of guys are actually stepping up, and uh, they might get a little bit more minutes than he is. And this is, this is uh, what we call Bob Murray taking a look at what he's got here and seeing who can play well. And these kids are playing really, really well right now, and Richie's had plenty of time to do so. So yeah. I feel like this is a little bit of a stretch here to see what Bob's going to do with his assets come trade deadline, come come draft time. I think that they're going to take a hard look at it. Yeah. Um, and it- yeah. And at this point, Rich is being paid for fourth line minutes anyway. So yeah, he's making money, right? So whatever. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Daniel on Instagram says, "Is this what a winning streak feels like?" <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> it's been quite a while. Yeah, and even when we won those, th- I think the last one was Minnesota, and then we beat New Jersey, uh, and then well, yeah, we haven't had a winning streak since then. Uh, I don't think we won again until Vancouver. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I guess this is, but this one actually feels like a good one. The other one just felt like uh, we beat up on Minnesota and Gibby had an insane shutout game, and then we barely squeaked away from New Jersey. We still didn't look like a team that was ever going to really compete, and New Jersey's not a really great team. So, no, it was this brutal. Season. Last yeah. question of the night goes to Brett and Chad. He says, so if you had to choose between this year and next year for tanking, would you rather tank this year for Hughes or tank next year for Alexis Lafreniere, who's the the high the high prospect uh, next Damn, year? If, yeah. Why if would Eddie I choose a here? Canadian over an American? Like, yeah. why would I ever choose to take a, a Canadian over American? Of course, yeah. I'm tanking for Hughes this year. Yeah, um, I, I know more of Hughes. Uh, like, like you, me, you and me have talked about. We we don't know too many <laughs> uh, uh, prospects or guys entering the draft. That's really more of Eddie's thing because he's around that a lot more than we are. Um, and we're just so much busier, and he's got nothing to do and no social life. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd much rather take that American over whoever that other guy was because <laughs> I have no idea who he is. Alexis Lafreniere, yeah, he's he's a 17 year old kid out of uh, Quebec, Canada. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going American all the way. Yeah, you got to go American. You got to take yeah. the guy's name that we can actually pronounce. We got to go. Yeah. Uh, we're dumb Americans, okay? We got to go with Jack Hughes. Yeah. It's the most American name possible. So. Yeah. 
And Thank I think you, everybody. More likely to to be at a, lo- a higher <laughs> traffic this year than next year. Oh, probably. Daisy chimes in. Oh, the shade. You got to throw the shade at <laughs> <in> Eddie. <laughs> Always, yeah. If it's not here, you can't defend him. Yeah, he's the reason there's no YouTube tonight, <laughs> bastard. It's jerk. all his fault. <laughs> How dare he spend family time jerks. when he's at home with a his girlfriend and his daughter? Is. How dare he? <laughs> All right, everybody, that's a wrap for us. Um, go check out our friends at CoolHockey.com and, and grab a, a brand-new jersey from them. You can use our our uh, code here, FM20. That's the promo code. Get yourself 20% off any jersey at CoolHockey.com. They're also the sponsor of this show for giving away jerseys for our Forever Mighty Three Stars, which all you have to do if you're a first-time listener is play along. We try to get the question out every single game about 45 minutes prior and you answer the questions right, you get points. Eddie tallies up all of the uh, numbers in his Canadian calculator. And at the end of each month, we pick a winner based on those points. So if you win, you get the jersey. So that's how we roll here at Cool Hockey is the place to go to grab your jersey. And they're so wonderful to sponsor our show. So pleased to do that and give them shout-outs as many times as we can. Go check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and the date has been set, everyone. Our next watch party will be March 23rd against the Los Angeles Kings. That should be a good time. The location, I'm just going to confirm here with my cohort right now, it's going yeah, to be... This, this is news to me, too. going to be Craftsman Brewery <laughs> in Anaheim, in Placentia. Conveniently located about a mile from my house. Oh, so, shocker. Walking distance. The <laughs> walking distance for sure. <laughs> so we're doing that. We're going to have uh, it's a really good happy hour there that uh, I'm going to talk with the owner about making sure that it starts a, a little before game time for us in some way. Maybe if you're wearing Kings or Ducks gear, you get uh, you get the early happy hour. So we're working on stuff there, but it's definitely going to be a craftsman over in Anaheim off of Imperial La Palma. So if you guys can make it out to that, that'd be great. We'd love to see you guys. Make it and a good showing lots, for our lots first of one. Stuff to give away at this one. We've, It'll be our big end of the year, <laughs> unless the Ducks somehow make the damn playoffs. If they make yeah. the playoffs, which is unfortunate, we would probably have a watch party for the playoffs for sure. So absolutely, <laughs> but at least on this one, we'll definitely have a, a lot of different uh, prizes to raffle away um, all over the place. So lots of chances to win stuff. That's right. All right, everyone, have a great night. Thanks for tuning in on Spreaker. We apologize again for no YouTube, but uh, we'll have the audio up on YouTube tomorrow. So. Um, if you want to go back and listen to it on YouTube, if you listen tonight, then you will. Mm. If not, yeah. we'll talk to you guys on Friday at the next game. Have a good one. Bye, guys.